Welcome to Watershed's November podcast. My name's Mark Cosgrove and I'm the head of programme here at Watershed. Uh, this month we'll be looking at the world of the short film. I recently attended the Uppsala Short Film Festival in Sweden. It's one of the most established short film festivals in Europe and now in its 26th year. I was doing jury duty to select this year's winner of the International Grand Prize. This involved watching all the international programmes of short films over four days and with my fellow jurors debating the merits and selecting an overall winner. My co-jurors were from different areas of the film world and indeed the world. Richard Raskin teaches screenwriting and video production at Aarhus University in Denmark where he also organises an international short film symposium every year. He's also an American who has been based in Denmark for 30 odd years. I ask him the blatantly obvious question that he's probably been asked so many times before. So what is an American doing in Denmark? His answer? If I said Richard Nixon, would you understand? And I do. Richard, Raskin that is, has written some fascinating books in the short film and evolved a series of parameters for what constitutes strategies for making good, well-formed films. He holds a lecture during his stay in Uppsala for students at a film school, offering his insights, but well aware that with any rules there are always exceptions. Following the talk, I am invited onto a panel to discuss the issue of good short filmmaking with Richard and a commissioning editor from the Swedish Film Institute. I am asked whether I would use something like Richard's parameters to judge film, and it occurs to me that I don't. Nor do I use any rules, as it were, as I find it too difficult to be prescriptive. However, it is no use just saying that a film is good or bad. The interesting question is why and how does it work? I feel the ideas of rules or parameters are useful for students to understand the structure of filmmaking and to clarify their thoughts on the how and the why they are making what they are making. You also have to understand the rules in order to break them, as indeed Richard demonstrated by showing a Swedish short film, Natain, which breaks his system but which won the major award at Clermont-Ferrand Short Film Festival in France a few years ago. I use this point in the discussion to revisit a debate which took place on the judging of Depict, our online 92nd filmmaking competition. The Depict jury was passionately split between two very different kinds of short films. The two films were Non-Fat and Six Goats. You can watch them at the Depict website www.depict.org and type in the titles in the search engine. What seemed at stake here was narrative coherence, known fat, versus visual ambiguity, six goats. The films were posted on the Depict website and watchers could contribute their thoughts. There was, of course, immediate universal acclaim for known fat's sharp, succinct, if somewhat brutal scenario whereas Six Goats prompted bewilderment at the polite end of the spectrum and outright abuse at the other. Slowly, however, an understanding of Six Goats' lyricism started to appear, and I think one contributor nailed it when they said it reminded them of a car journey as a kid and the way you would draw onto steamed-up windows. It is film's ability to open up this space of contemplation for the audience, to think for themselves rather than be guided by narrative logic, which interests me. Also on the Uppsala jury was Catherine Rezataritz, whose short film Ich bin Ich won an award here last year. Amongst the many things Catherine does is to work with the great Austrian director Michael Haneke. 
If you want an illustration of abstraction and ambiguity used to great effect in feature film, take a look at the opening of his brilliant film Hidden, otherwise known as Cachet. The camera is kept static on one house for much longer than a conventional narrative would dare to, and it shifts the audience from being led by the nose through the story to asking questions for themselves. Equally, David Lynch in Lost Highway creates tension through extended periods of nothing quite happening. The other jury members were Swedes, although one was born in Prague. The mix of nationalities prompted discussion of how the recent past is dealt with, and the fact that in the Eastern European countries in particular, but not exclusively, it is coming out that people were either involved in some way with supporting Nazism in World War II, or supporting Stalin or Stalinism in the Cold War. The discussion is intense. Finally, I am asked how are things in Britain on this issue, and I realise that we simply do not have these kinds of issues. There are of course many others, but the relationship with the Second World War and the Cold War is reasonably clear-cut from Britain's point of view. It strikes me that this is another reason why Britain is culturally so separate from mainland Europe. Our issues are historical baggage from empire and colonialism, and currently more around ideas of national identity rather than the carried guilt or not of our grandparents or public figures. Our jury viewing is carried out in a cinema, which I find out is where Igmar Bergman was taken by his grandmother to watch films. It's strange to think that a young Bergman was entranced by cinema in this very auditoria. The seats are most possibly the very same seats. They have a severity to them softened by the free cushions given out by the usher. I wonder if Bergman had the same luxury. As we work our way through the films, it becomes apparent that this is going to be an opinionated, robust jury, and consensus might be something of a struggle. There are at least 10 of the 70-odd films vying for the main prize. However, come the reckoning, we surprise ourselves by coming to a conclusion relatively painlessly. There is a moment of tense standoff between two films in particular, but the weight falls down on the Romanian film The Tube with the Hat, an extraordinary mini-epic of a journey by a father and his young son to repair their television. Through the journey, the short film reveals the warmth of the relationship between father and son. There is clearly something happening in Romanian cinema. A couple of recent feature films, 1208 East of Bucharest and The Death of Mr Lazarescu, that have been highly praised by critics. And the forthcoming four months, three weeks and two days, which will be screening in January next year, won the Grand Prix in Cannes earlier this year. You can see a full list of the winners of the short film festival in Uppsala at www.shortfilmfestival.com We will be screening the Tube with the Hat at the Encounters International Short Film Festival in Bristol later this month in November. For more information on Encounters, visit www.encounters-festival.org.uk One of the other questions that was addressed to the panel in Uppsala was what were our views on the future of the short film? My view is that it is going from strength to strength and in fact offers more range and excitement than feature films. The problem with features is that once money gets involved, creativity gets put under pressure and invariably becomes compromised, whereas shorts, at their best, have the freedom and space to be much more creative. If you go to depict.org, you can view this year's shortlist of 90-second films and get a taste of the range and creativity. You can also vote online and contribute comments on the films. The winner will be announced at the Encounters Film Festival in Bristol. If you can make it to the Encounters Festival, maybe we can discuss further 
Till then, this is me, Mark Cosgrove, wishing you fun and so much more at the cinema.